Damaged Goods Podcast. Live indeed. Welcome, welcome. The Goods Are Damaged. It's Damaged Goods Podcast. I am Jake the Snake, a.k.a. Jake Frazick, a.k.a. Jack the Snack, a.k.a. the dude uh, in a fucking bucket hat inside of his own crib. It's, it's 89 degrees in L.A. today. It's hot. It's sunny. And my hair's all fucked up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking a bucket hat while I do this, uh, this episode of Damaged Goods. Solo Dolo Snake Man won today. So thank you. When, when I do those, it's a little different than normal. Instead of talking to a guest... I am, you know, doing the solo shit and people are, you know, chiming in on the live and I like to like shout everybody out, but I don't want to disrupt the flow of the podcast. So bear with me. Um, you know, everything's fantastic though. We're fucking hashtag blessed, dude. It's a great day. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not a great day. It's not a great day. A little bit. I'm a little sad. That's, that's an understatement. I'm a little heartbroken. Be prepared for two things. One, if you hear that squeaking uh, in the background, that is the chair which I am sitting on. There is a 50-50 chance this chair could go to shit during the podcast. I've screwed all the screws in, fixed all the fixings. It is wobbly, creaky as shit, and I don't know if it's going to support my 208-pound frame. So those who are viewing on the live, if you're listening, you'll only get the audible experience. But if you're listening and watching on the live, you may... You may get lucky and see me just fucking eat shit and fall on the floor. And I'm sorry for the creaking in the, in the background. But if I do fall, just bear with me. We'll laugh together. As long as I don't break my fucking pelvis. Um, but the reason I'm, uh, I'm a little heartbroken, I'm a little sad. And this is the portion of the podcast where you can say, Jake the Snake, dude, man up. Stop being a pussy, man. Just fucking deal with it. Just accept it. This is the way Hollywood's been for basically 20 years since the writer's strike. But yes, lots of remakes. I've shared my disdain for remakes on here before. Uh, but right now my heart is shattered into a million little heart pieces. Because there's a new remake coming out and uh, it rubs me extremely the wrong way. Home Alone. Home Alone. The uh, Kevin McAllister character played by the illustrious Macaulay Culkin, in this remake, he's a, he's a British kid. It still takes place in America. The mother's British. I think the father is played by uh, Pete Holmes, comedian from Massachusetts, so shout out to Pete Holmes. He's a huge fan of the podcast. He listens to every episode two to three times. <laughs> I doubt. But uh, yeah, they remade it, and Kevin is British. Um, I don't know that's their way to spin it, so it doesn't seem like a remake. And instead of Joe Pesci and the other dude uh, as the invaders of the home, the thieves, it's some other guy and the girl, the redheaded girl from the office who I think is like in some weird Christian culty shit. The Kimmy Schmidt chick. I forget her name. They're the Joe Pesci and the other one. So you got big shoes to fill. Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci. But uh, it, it hurts me because this movie was uh, sentimental to the snake man. And if you're going to remake art, man, just be fragile with it. Don't do covers of Redemption Song by Bob Marley and shit. You got to Pick and choose, and you're gonna do you're gonna do me in with fucking Home Alone. I lost my virginity to Home Alone, uh, not when it came out. It came out I was like nine years old. I saw it in a the theater, but this is later when I'm 13. It was just on in the background between me and my 14 uh, year old girlfriend having a bunch of juvenile fun. Where were the fucking parents, huh? <laughs> but yeah, they're remaking that, and it bums me out. 
because that was a sweet one. You're going to do all these other ones. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, you hit me with the fucking Home Alone. Right in the, right in the soul with a needle. Thank you, Hollywood. But they gave, yeah, they gave Kevin uh, the British treatment. And, uh, you know, sometimes like the British accent makes you think of sophisticated bad guys in movies. The, the sophisticated ones, you know. Um, but why is like the bad guy accent? It's either, usually, it's like Russian or Eastern European which I take mild offense to being half Slavic. Um, or, you know, sometimes they have those sophisticated, like, Southern American bad guys, like the rich grandson of a plantation owner with, like, a white bow tie, seersucker suits, who I do declare. Like that bad guy, you know, who someone mysteriously dies in his garden in the back. Some shit like that. Anyway, yeah, starting the podcast off on a fucking super happy note. Heartbroken, sad, probably going to have a nervous breakdown on this episode, or at least cry into a pillow later because they're fucking remaking Home Alone. Ah, on to more positive, good, uplifting news. Yes, the Astro World concert tragedy. Uh, before I go further, it's always horrible when anybody dies innocently. I'm not making light of nothing, so please don't twist my words around or confuse things. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, everyone on every podcast probably has talked about it. And uh, as a person who worked in music for fucking forever, as a musician, as a roadie for other musicians, as a fan going, um, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, knowledgeable, intimately knowledgeable of, of the live music realm. And, you know, after it happened, I'm, you know, there's all these news articles and people, experts fear this won't be the last deadly concert. It's like, yeah, thanks for the prediction, Miss Cleo. Um, it's a tragedy, but... Tragedies have been happening and sadly will probably on some level continue to happen at, at live music concerts. When you put fucking 5, 10, 20, 50,000 people in one place, you're just, the, if you was a gambling man, the odds go up for some fucking shit to happen. I mean, it's been going on since the Hells Angels were beating people to death with their bare hands while the Rolling Stones played Brown Sugar. Or when, like, the Eagles of Death Metal concert gets machine-gunned up in Paris, uh, France. Uh, or kids have a fucking dubstep show, too, too, mo too much molly. Too, 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 took too much molly and didn't drink any water. And they pass out and die. It happens. It's it's fucking sad byproduct of, of large concerts. You try to mitigate it. You try to prevent it. You try to do all that you can. Um, but, you know, to say, like, this isn't the last time it's going to happen. No shit, Sherlock. Uh, you know, and... The way, uh, you know, news is transmitted, not just through news outlets, but social media, just regular people, it moves fast like wildfire. My mother, and I love my mother, and if you're listening, Kathleen, uh, I love you. I kind of regret teaching her how to text, because she texts me all the fucking time. I got a text from my mother last week. Oh, God, did you see that terrible tragedy at the concert in Houston? Oh, it's proof there is no God. Uh, way to keep it upbeat. You see where I get my um, charmy, you know, upbeat self. But, uh, you know, my mother must have seen that on some new shit because she doesn't have social media. And the way the news, I'm going somewhere with this. Relax. It's not all about the Astro World shit. Terrible tragedy. What's going to happen to fucking all the people involved? I don't know. I'm not here to weigh in on that. I'm far from a legal expert. But where I'm going with this is my mother must have seen this on some news shit somewhere. And I guarantee you, it had a shocking headline. It gotta be shocking. If it's a fucking headline, it's gotta be shocking. 
and it shocked my 70-year-old mother into texting me from 3,000 miles away about something. My mother's been to concerts where people have died and crazy shit has in the past. So I don't know why she seems so shocked, but if it's presented right in the news or wherever, it's going to freak you out. It's going to scare you a little bit. And if you're getting it from the news, there's a reason why. You know, if it bleeds, baby, believe it leads. It's always been a way to gather viewers. You know, oh, they throw a little like sweet uh, squirrel water skiing story in just to kind of make it nice. But generally the news is going to instill some fear. It, gets, it glues you to the screen. You're going to tune back in at 11 because they didn't finish it at the 6 o'clock broadcasting. But, you know, news media has a reason to, to take advantage of every story and either glorify it or sensationalize it. That's probably a better word. Sensationalize it to maximize viewership. Why do they want to maximize viewership? Because they need, that's how they get their money. They want their money. Since January 1st, and this is usually, you know, I would say don't, don't believe all the facts on damaged goods, you know, because I don't, I don't have a fucking sidekick here fact checking. But according to Forbes magazine, you know, the Rich People magazine, we all get gas when somebody's on Forbes. By we all, I mean everybody but myself. Forbes magazine uh, reported since January 1st of 2021, which is this year. I had to think about that for a second. I almost thought it was 2021. Since January of 2021, Forbes magazine reported the three major news networks, which is CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, all reported dramatic drops in viewership. Uh, MSNBC saw a 37% drop. That's pretty big. That's, that's fairly sizable. Fox News, and mind you, uh, Fox News is, you know, tends to be on the right side of news and political agendas and CNN and MSNBC on the left side of news and political agendas. But it didn't matter because everybody saw a drop. So Fox News, they dropped 42%. So you got MSNBC dropping 37%. Fox News dropping 42%. CNN, CNN, they take the gold here in these Olympics. They took a 57% drop in viewership. That's more than half. That's a lot. So when you lose viewership, you're losing money because they need advertisers. The advertisers bring the dollars. The dollars keep their pockets laced. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but it sounds funny. So if you're losing viewership, you're losing money. You got to reel the people back in. You don't got Donald Trump to, you know, and didn't matter which news station, Fox News or CNN, they both benefited from having somebody like Trump. People wanted to see that, either to cheer him on or to wish him bad. Uh, you know, COVID probably ain't scaring people enough anymore, so they're going to always have to find a way to, to capitalize on every story to get you sucked in, to watch that motherfucker and watch through the ads to the next part so they get that advertising money. So they're going to scare the fuck out of people like my mother with sensationalized versions of, of stuff like the Astro World tragedy. And not just that, but anything. That's what they do, man. If it bleeds, baby, it fucking leads, you know. And that's the reality. I, people don't want to think that because some people want to rely on the news and still believe in their sweetest little heart of hearts that it's genuine. Sorry, I'm drinking a beverage. It's hot as fuck in L.A. And I got all the shit closed and fans off and AC off on your podcast. It's hot. But it's a harsh reality that, you know, they're going to try to report some truthful shit. But ultimately, they're, they're you know, they got a business to run. They got to make money. So they got to get them 
advertising dollars and to do so they need viewers and generally to do that they're going to fucking scare the shit out of you harsh reality um uh, you know i kind of want to like I, I don't do segments on here but i would love a harsh reality segment and i don't mean harsh like fucking deal with it bro more just like you probably didn't want to hear this or maybe you believe something else but hey this is the reality so harsh reality and this is on a much far lighter note than uh, all the news scaring you Empanadas, delicious, delicious treat. We all enjoy them. Many, many countries, many cultures do empanadas. Best empanadas are Colombian. That's the harsh reality. Maybe where you live, there's only an Argentinian empanada spot. Enjoy it. It ain't no fucking Colombian empanada. The, the cornmeal outside, it, it, it's a different texture, it's a different flavor, and it's superior. I grew up, you know, in the East Coast, it's a lot of Puerto Rican, Dominican, Cuban-style empanadas, which I love. My girl makes them. They're tasty. Second favorite. But, dude, the Colombian ones just smash it. And there's a lot of other empanadas where the dough is just either too thick and, I don't know, dry. It's just, eh. Am I not going to eat it if you offer me, like, hey, Snake Man, here's a free empanada. Am I going to turn it down? Do I look that crazy? No. I, maybe a little bit. I'm not going to not eat it, but I'm not going to go on a quest for those subpar empanadas. It's a... It's a harsh reality. You just got to deal with it. Like, uh, I kind of got, not into it, but I went back and forth in a, in a jovial, cordial manner with somebody on Twitter about um, Saturday Night Live, SNL, which I'm just going to say hasn't really been funny in a long time. It had like it's so many different golden eras in the 70s and the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s. I haven't really watched it since the mid 90s. Occasionally, I catch a clip here and there. Occasionally, a friend forces me against my will to watch. Yo, but you'll like this one, bro. It's really funny. Uh, and it's not. Um, it's just not as funny as it used to be. And it's not that... Uh, it's not even about like what they're doing as, as material. Well, I guess it is. I'm stupid for saying that. But it's, it's not about the people or whatever, the writing or the, the, the comedians, the actors themselves. But it's a, it's a limited platform. So in those times of those golden eras that they had, and they had many, there was no such thing as the internet, a.k.a. the interwebs. Interwebs didn't exist. Then the interwebs come along. And even in the beginning of the interwebs, um, you know, there wasn't social media and YouTube right away. And even when there was YouTube, it wasn't being utilized and maximized to the potential that you see it is now. So, you know, you could still be funny like that. But now, people like, if we're speaking specifically comedians... They don't have to rely on a corporate platform, which it limits you. You can't say and do everything you want. So you might not be able to be as funny as you want to be or can be. But you got the internet. You got, you know, people do stand-up specials and they release them on YouTube. They do their own shows on YouTube. They put podcasts on YouTube like Damaged Goods. Subscribe to my fucking page. That would be beautiful. I would really appreciate it. Uh, and he, all the streaming sites. That shit didn't exist where there's no limitations. So when you try to, you see the evolution of all these platforms allowing comedians and people in that line of art to, to progress and evolve, then you look at a platform like SNL, which is NBC, which is a corporate thing, they have limitations. I don't think you can be as funny because you're not given as much range. That's just me. Call me crazy. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I know this, people are going to come back at me like that. You know, I don't know. Some people really like it. If you like it, great. To each their own. That's the beauty of art, right? It's interpretive. You can, you can enjoy something, and I cannot enjoy something. It's not sports. It's not who hits the most three-pointers, who's got the best ERA. It's what you like. 
And I would love some air conditioning because it's fucking hot. But yeah, there's more harsh realities. We could go into them. You want to go into them? Fuck it. You want to get crazy? Let's get nuts. Peruvian rotisserie chicken is the best. Peruvians do the best rotisserie chicken. I fucking love it. Harsh reality. Doesn't mean other rotisserie chicken isn't delicious. They just do the fucking best. I'll come up with more. Perhaps some that are a little more on a serious note. Something of magnitude to really polarize the fucking, the listeners. But uh, yeah. Peter. Remember Peter? I don't even know what the acronym stands for, but it's the animal activist people. And they're like, uh, I wouldn't say they're violent, but they're active. Like, they'll come at you. Um, they're out for uh, your boy Fauci's neck. They're out for Dr. Fauci's neck. You don't mess with Peter. They're like second to the IRS. They will, they will come and get you. They will throw fake blood or real, I guess it's paint or fake blood. That'd be ridiculously hypocritical if there was fucking real blood. They'll throw paint-like blood on your fur garments and your fucking fox mink and all that shit. Um, and now they want Fauci for fucking with puppies. Now, I don't know if this is a thousand percent true. This isn't no fucking news podcast, but I just thought the headline was funny and it made me think about, especially in this country, uh, how much we love dogs. You don't fuck with puppies. Puppies are like the world's great equalizer. The cuteness of a, of a puppy could melt Pol Pot's heart. <laughs> you know, it could, the cuteness could melt Hillary Clinton's heart. It, everybody loves a dog, and if you were to do something to a dog, God forbid, you're a fucking monster. You, you just might be. So it was like, I don't know if it's alleged or the facts came out or whatever that uh, Dr. Fauci, they, in, the, in the past, had ran some experiments. You know, they test on animals. Usually it's fucking rats or monkeys or mice. But they tested on puppies, not even dogs, puppies. And uh, I, wonder if, I was just wondering if some Americans uh, newfound love and standing over the Fauci dude will let trump their love for puppies. What do they like more, science or puppies? I'm joking. I fuck with science. But puppies, man, people love them some fucking puppies. Are the brave and uh, really cool people that got the Fauci ouchie tattoos, are they going to say fuck puppies now? Get a fuck puppies tattoo? And relax, I'm vaccinated. Don't fucking trip. I'm just saying. That's a fucking... With a guy with a lot of tattoos who also thinks tattoos are kind of corny, which sounds weird, uh, that's a fucking terrible tattoo. You're better off getting a drunk tramp stamp on your lower back as a dude. Than a fucking whatever Fauci ouchie tattoo. But yeah, fuck puppies. Hashtag blessed. Normalize Jake the Snake. That's it. That's the tweet. Damaged Goods Podcast. Uh, this is up now on my IG Live. You can watch the video. Go stream it on your favorite fucking platform. That's all major platforms. You can catch the shit on motherfucking YouTube. You know, if you do the iTunes thing in specific, uh, please rate that shit, you know, review it. I never, I'm supposed to say that every episode. I never do because I just like to keep it kind of cool and funky. But they say that it's good for me if I say that to you. So if you fuck with me, go do that. If you tuned in and I didn't shout you out, I'm sorry. I was trying to like, you know, not get too crazy with it. But thank you very much. Got episodes with guests back next week. I've got the fucking colorful bucket hat on and the linen shirt and it's hot as balls. I'm gonna put the AC back on. Larips in deodorant, take an Irish shower, throw some fucking cologne on and smell beautiful. And all that good stuff. Fuck puppies. No, I'm joking. I love puppies. Fuck anyone who says fuck puppies. Don't hate me.